as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. In Hong Kong cinema tonight. Here for a brief blurb, I got Jason from Genre Exposure on to weigh in on who are his top uh, faces of Hong Kong cinema, from Michelle Yeoh to Michelle Yun Fat to Michael Wong and Anthony Chow Wan Sang. Uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said Chow Yun Fat. <laughs> I mean, Hardball was the first one movie you guys did, so yeah, sure was. John yeah. Woo's Die Hard, and I kind of see that as kind of the gist is like, if people aren't inspired by Kill Zone or Infernal Affairs, they're definitely more inspired by Hardball to have a narc team up with another detective and stop a bunch of violent terrorists and car thieves. Yep. Oh yeah. And the action is so well choreographed and it's, it's insane. It's one of the best movies ever made. And I used to be subscribed to Tiger Cinema during late in high school. And it was kind of one of those where it was, it was kind of like Netflix where you rent, you know, one Hong Kong DVD at a time. And it, oh, was, nice. it was fun for a while. And, you know, I was looking at all kinds of, you know, Hong Kong sites, you know, just, and it got eventually to where it was like, yeah, I've seen one. I've seen them all. Unfortunately, it did get to that. It was like some of them were very repetitive. Some of them had great action, but a terrible storyline. And <laughs> others yeah. were great, but they were wrongly advertised as action. But yeah, I, I grew up loving the movies of Benny Chan and uh, once he passed away, unfortunately, pretty recently. Ringo Lam and even yeah. Cy Hark more than John Woo, even because you know John. You'd see them once they got to America, and it's like, it's just not the same. And good oh, yeah. on you. If you know Jackie Chan from Rush Hour and Shanghai Noon, that's fine. Versus, you know, Police Story and Drunken mm. you know, Master. A. Yeah. Yeah, and Project A. And it's like, and I, I get plenty who were kind of like Godzilla fans. It's like, they, you know, it's a different deal in and of itself watching Japanese Keiju monsters fight each other but it's like same kind of deal it's like i love it all so it's like okay i get it so and, mm -hmm. it, and it's kind of like with the podcasts that deal with just an actor and their resume is like eventually you're gonna run out of movies and at the same time like there's something for everyone and you gotta figure out 
which kind of a fan you are is like, okay, you know, and it's just like with the music artists we're talking about is like, okay, I liked them up until that last album. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're still going to give them another dem- chance. You know, they, right. they come up with something new. You're still going to check it out. Even if it's their Chinese democracy. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, was there a movie or some one particular actor or movie that got you into the whole Hong Kong action? It was kind of all a blur of all at once, really. I, I, was following Bruce Lee and then I get into Jet Li, you know, Spike TV and FX and TNT would play a bunch of the movies, but I, yeah, that, that was just adding fuel to the fire. It's like, and then it just kind of became the HBO effect. It's like, you go to the video store, you go to the, wait to tape mm-hmm. it, you know? And so I'm yep. in the DVR world and, you know, anything I can't find on YouTube back in when everything was on there before they got stricter and, yeah, uh, I, I would do that. I would go on. To it's crazy how hard. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's crazy how hard it is to still get a lot of these movies. I mean, oh, totally. And I have many labels. They yeah. will not watch it if it's not on Blu-ray. I'm like, well, good luck. The original elements <laughs> have likely been lost. You want to talk like Doctor Who? Like some of them did misplace their tapes. They don't even know where they are. Right. Yeah. But yeah, if you're not seeing, I, I get that though. If you're not seeing some of these movies in, in widescreen, you're just not seeing it. You, know? you really aren't. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there's like subculture of it out there somewhere with Tubi reintroducing video store level movies. Sure. Amazon mm-hmm. Prime doing that. And that's kind of what Shudder's doing with horror, all these long lost yeah. movies. And it, Ariel just put out a really nice box set of uh, Shaw Brothers movies. Uh, there you go and see uh, yeah you know i've struggled to get into some shot runner movies i know there's some good ones uh, I, I think it's just a matter of i'm just kind of more used to just the post bruce lee movies that were just poorly dubbed and that <laughs> charm but right. yeah i mean uh samo hong is a uh, influential and you want to talk a guy that, that fucker's old as dirt and he's been in all the eras you know all the 70s oh, yeah. the 80s 90s and then that's what's cool too is like everyone knows him from somewhere they either know him from his Jackie Chan work he choreographed schlock like the medallion before the producers took it over or you know was his partner in crime in project a you know he's he mm-hmm. always be jackie's you know right hand they make it an official buddy movie and or he had a tv show for a little while right and so there you go if you aren't if you didn't see any of that if you didn't see it was a martial law i think it was called yeah yeah if you didn't see that then you saw martial law and i mean I was already familiar with them, but yeah, martial law, I think added a bunch of perfect appreciation there. You took the premise of rush hour and you just had him and they did one hell of a job considering that he and Arsenio Hall years later on forums, there was stuff that came out that they did not get along with each other. But I mean, what a fun cast Kelly who and a bunch of the other Nash bridges lost guys are working on it. This is like, Uh it's just a fun ass show. And, and, even with the different tones and writing and everything, it's still, it, it's pretty well appreciated. I still have my bootleg DVDs from it. I'm not nice. sure if I should even upgrade to the <laughs> official release, but it is what it is. Um, and speaking of Sammo Hung, I think Jackie Chan's best movies were the ones with Sammo and uh, Yuen Biao. It, uh, a thousand percent, because one Biao is just, it, just so He's amazing. I don't know why he up. wasn't bigger than he was. I don't I understand think- it. It's kind of what I equate to Carl Urban and Frank Grillo in today's, you know, action movies. There's just mm. too much competition. So unfortunately, people who go to the cinema are going to watch the Denzel Washington, Liam Neeson movie. Nothing wrong with them. Those guys are badasses. But 
sure. and video stores, same thing. It's like more people are going to just watch, you know, the Dolph Lundgren and Scott Atkins movies versus whatever Frank Grillo or any, you know, has been action stars putting out <laughs> that still has a loyal fan base. So, but it's just not as big, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Despite the fact that they can do the work and they've done collaborations with them, like Frank Grillo did one of those Hong Kong movies with that one guy who's been, I think, Wu Jiang, who's been in a bunch of international oh, okay. productions, Wolf Warrior, and same deal. Yeah. Scott Atkins was in one, and I'm, mm-hmm. I think Tony Jaw is attached to one coming out soon. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and Bell was just... Have you seen um, Dragons Forever? Great movie. I remember. I, even though I saw fight it. At the, he is doing things in that movie that is just insane. The comedy works. The setup is great. And then the final fight, like, it easily rivals... Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Eastern Stars or whatever. Um, what's the one that got oh. Benny the Jet and Samuel Hong uh, and Jackie all on Wheels the on Mills. Ah, yeah, it's very similar to that. We're just like, yeah, yeah it's just all stop ape shit. Very well it's, done action. It's so good, yeah. But the comedy is also just great. It's like, it, you, you, it just reminds you, it's like why they were the Buster Keaton's, you know, Marx yeah. Brothers of their age. And it, and that's the thing that Jackie, I mean, mainstream audiences don't realize how he brought that comedy to Kung Fu, you know, like he's responsible for that almost single-handedly. Uh, totally. And that, or they remember again, just a star who, you know, crossed multiple areas and was like, okay, well, fair enough. I, I'm fine. If you know who Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock are, mm-hmm. we already did a great tribute to Jackie and Juan Bot and Yo and even Donnie Yen themselves, but it's like, there. it even gets to where it's like, even some of their movies are just underseen. Like, I'm still seeing people as like, they only know Donnie Yen from Ip Man or Michelle Yeoh, just from her work on her recent comedies. And I'm like, no, not even remotely her at her best. Just, you got to watch the James Bond movie she's in. I'm fine if you oh, like her. She steals that movie. She steals <laughs> that movie. She totally steals the movie, yeah. I wanted to see more of her. Like, where's right. her movie, you know? I even see people who say, oh, he beds her at the end. I'm like, no, doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Admires from afar. Well, and speaking of, of Jackie Chan, one of my most fun cinematic experiences was seeing Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, and there's another one. It's great no matter what version you watch, but it's like, you see the on-cut version. It's like they took out that the NYPD was crooked, and that's why he yeah. went around with no police helping him out it's like that's interesting <laughs> right yeah they cut a lot of stuff out uh but it was it was a packed house and everyone's loving it and stuff and oh really okay and i, I this is the this has only happened to me a handful of times maybe three times in the theater but you know he always has his the stunts that went wrong at the end and everything <laughs> and when he gives his thumbs up at the end the audience everyone just applauded and clapped it was insane it was like a live performance it, the, the energy was just so awesome and so intense that, that's what jackie chan could do in his prime you know uh, yeah and i can't remember the last time everyone's just clapped at the end of a movie right how often do you see or that tribute or something but that's yeah or star it. wars maybe yeah well yeah i mean and i mean you got Maybe. so many people going to the popcorn area. Yeah, it depends on which one but yeah i know what you mean it is it is that kind of mentality and i'm sure someone I mean, with the recent, you want to talk toxic fandom, I'm sure there's just as many people who threw popcorn at the screen at Halloween versus said, oh, that was awesome. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just, 
<laughs> I wonder how a Hong Kong film would kill nowadays because it's like there's clearly an audience, but they're just they're going on just the giant stars and having to just train them for two weeks into knowing kung fu. So I mean, uh, yeah. unless it's something like John Wick, I can't think of as or Equalizer. I can't think of as many of they just have the gotcha, you know, and everyone goes, "Oh, that's badass!" <laughs> right? Yeah, you don't see that anymore. <laughs> It's too much to take all at once. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to pick a favorite HK action star, it would be Chalyun Fat. Like yeah, and that says a lot for a guy who he, he he only studied it for a bit. But yeah, I, I and I see it with all kinds of audiences. Like my grandmother didn't do any of those, but she saw Crouching Tiger when it premiered on network TV. And yeah, mm-hmm. uh, my mother always wondered. Yeah, we would watch a random uh, drama that had Asian characters or a period piece, and it'd be like whatever happened to that one guy with the Fu Manchu whiskers? And he's like, oh, you're talking about Chow Yun-Fat and Chris the Golden Flower? I, he's always working. He's not he's just doing period pieces. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I, did you ever watch Better Tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. That was the first HK movie I really saw. First, like, modern. John Woo's you know. Godfather. Yeah. Uh, man, it just, it blew me away. That's one of those movies that just, it was just so eye-opening. It was so cool, you know, just effortlessly cool. Like when, at the very beginning, when Chow Yun-Fat lights his cigarette with that fake $100 bill, it's just, <laughs> oh man, you know he's cool. It's even on the cover. For reason. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, did you ever see, it's around that same time, um, and it's like, to- totally different names too um <laughs> and it's just badass movie he plays a basically a kingpin just being hunted by both the police and just rival gangs and ah, what's it called it, i'm gonna do a special on it soon but a lot of gamblers eh, similar similar not not the same movie mm. uh, although that is interesting how that balances hong kong yeah. shootouts with uh, crime comedy and gambling mm-hmm. scene. Um, it's from '87. He did them both back to back. I couldn't believe it. So he did it back to back with Flaming Brothers. But yeah, Rich and Famous, and then Tragic Hero. So to make it even more confusing, Tragic Hero is like listed as like the sequel of Rich and Famous. But either way, I've not seen that. Both fucking awesome movies. You can find most of them, I'm sure, on the interwebs. Cool. Definitely on YouTube and. Yeah, I will amend not, that oversight. If anything, you'll find the DVDs, you know, at half price books, you know, and <laughs> I love, I, I, for me, you know, better tomorrow. It does have its moments. I, I don't think it's Wu at his best, but like these is like, they, they are just dynamite. It's like you have the cops coming in they're doing some Kung Fu and you buy it because you have enough of a setup and just all the mm-hmm. other just traitorous guys. Again, just too many to name, but it's like, it just, uh, they're just getting any other person who you definitely have seen. If you don't know him, you've definitely seen him in Jet Li and Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh's work. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, T. Lung was in the Better Tomorrow movies too, and he's he's old school. He yeah, was... Tony Leong, and I, same deal. I, I get annoyed when everyone's like, oh, Sung Chi, that guy. I'm like, he was well known before that. <laughs> yeah. Infernal <laughs> Affairs was like, the, the joke is that he's basically playing his character from a uh, hard-boiled but yeah you know, right i actually think it's the better version of the departed and a lot of people don't realize that you know the Departed is a remake it's like oh yeah they there's a know. lot of 
this, I found it funny how the filmmakers were even at the like an award show, and they're like, we didn't care for the length, the for constant profanity, but we kind of like that it won Best Picture because it means we technically won. I'm like, <laughs> right. that's that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, both cool in their own right. I we actually basically said is like this is kind of the last crime movie we really like by Scorsese because there is kind of a tribute to kind of the Tarantino kind of movies and definitely hard boiled in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Especially uh, the scene where Nicholson is getting shit talked by uh, the Chinese gang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're yeah. like, we'll take your money. <laughs> we don't want shit to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good movie. Oh man. And unfortunately we did one hell of an episode. I'm kicking myself sideways because we we had it planned for a long time. We put it off by a year. We recorded it. Somehow got lost to the abyss of time in my computer, and I don't know where it is. <laughs> now, oh no! And, and now I am like just kicking myself sideways. I'm like, should I just record it, or is it just the recording that just is not to be? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to go the extra mile to recapture the magic a third time. So it is what it is. But um, are there any current filmmakers who you think kind of? Uh, echo just East meets West kind of mentality because it seems like more people like Spielberg and Antoine Fuqua are heavily Akira Kurosawa influenced but I can't think of a filmmaker who's like totally in Hong Kongville other than obviously you know some people who were part of the direct-to-video market or doing horror movies and just for fun mixing in a cop uh, like Maniac Cop and even Full Eclipse are perfect examples it's like they'll always have a cop and just going akimbo with their guns you know <laughs> right yeah the weapon kind of did that briefly in part three and it's like yeah it, there's it's there but it's in part four with jet being the villain but that's it you know yeah I don't, I don't see a lot of that right now probably probably the john wick movies come closest in a lot of I'm ways totally, the, the, the whole gun foo and everything the like hallway that. of mirrors in part two is a perfect enter the dragon badge but then you see it even in a stupid blockbuster like a skyscraper with the rock there's a hallway of mirrors mechanism there so it's just like right and it's like yeah. you see some of them here and there but it's all a matter of whether it was well thought out or it's just it's just forced in versus is like yeah it's there but it's you know that could be mm-hmm. that could be referencing anything honestly <laughs> yeah uh, the last one that really used those Hong Kong influences to great effect, honestly, I think it was the Matrix. You know, that, that introduced people to the whole, you know, wire work and just that kind of that style and how that people had never seen before. And company, yeah, oh, uh, right. There was a great interview, Tim Storms. He was on Star Trek on Told Podcasts, and, you know, he's worked on so many international productions. And uh, he talked about how it was like, everyone was working on all kinds of movies and it wasn't hard for stunt teams to work nation, you know, nationwide as well as internationally. And they would always have to have bring translators with them. And Mm -hmm. Matrix was definitely one of those. It's like, they had to figure it out a year before it went into production is like do double the work to make it be that good. And so it is wild how, yeah, everyone just thinks, Hey, I can just get my friends and we can film a movie on video. It's like, well, Nope. Not going to work. Because if, if you look at the original Matrix and the last one that came out, there's a world of difference. <laughs> that and so many of them would just, I, that's where it was really even more frustrating. All these movies that were so bad they're good or junky fun or just not good at all. Just 
heavily promoted the uh, you know choreographed by the guys who worked on as part of the matrix team or some shit like that and it would just be like but is the story good is the right. movie itself just very entertaining and like probably not <laughs> yeah never right. heard and, of this and, before and really good action can carry a movie but to have a good story and good action oh uh, totally uh, and they, they went the wrong sauce way in that they would just hire not only guys who just couldn't do action convincingly but just had they'd hire music video directors because they were cheaper and it was like right. story 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 you got to just worry about getting everyone's attention story yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I don't think we're ever going to see anything like that again i mean i think the golden age of hong kong cinema was even when it what? came back this last year is like nah, it's just it's too yeah. close to it they they they're just not going to be able to recapture the magic because oh yeah again, no they captured no. all kinds of guys who had worked on like terminator 2 and hong kong stuff and plenty right. of other stuff and it's like you you gotta get it's a certain mindset so it's like if you got people who are working on all kinds of blockbusters generally they are all speaking the same language already before they actually are and when you got them to where again you know they're not they're giving their best efforts and then none of it is even being seen in the room uh mm-hmm. after the fact i mean there's some movies I actually really dug in that like they, they tried really hard to recapture a movie that could capture any kind of audience. Like I didn't like it then when I saw them initially, but I kind of have a, I still have a connection to them. Uh, Ballistic X versus Sever was a cool take on Thailand kind of styled action with the Hollywood blockbuster guys working on it. And then war with Jet Li and Jason Statham is like, that was kind of similar to stuff like the perfect weapon and, uh, Black Rain, yeah, I'm mixing true. in kind of Shakespearean mm-hmm. aspects, and it, it brought in a bunch of Japanese and Hong Kong superstars there as well, it, w- along with American guys. And I'm like, I don't think they've done it as well because there's others that are too often just trying to do the whole Romeo must die and uh, rush hour mentality. Is like just bring yeah. in someone. It's like a copy of a copy, you know, and it just doesn't. Right. Don't even make that sure that it works. And the nineties were better at somehow just, I mean, you even see it in older TV shows. They'd have a sports star on there actually acting or a wrestler before Mm -hmm. they became a movie star. And it's like somehow they could just, they must've just had better agents who could just say, sure, you know, let's, let's actually just make sure we all get along. We can just figure out how to be convincing in a scene, regardless of whether we're that great an actor. I mean, rappers, they do it now, but now it's just painful. It's like they don't have any – even rock stars, they'll, they'll do it. And it's like, yeah, but they're just playing themselves. You know, they're not, right. yeah. not actually yeah. contributing to the movie. And so it's like I feel like we're aging backwards. Everyone's just throwing in someone for a cheap reference versus – no. If, if I see you bring in a video, you know, directed video star like Olivia Grunner or Tom the Dragon Wilson, they better actually be contributing something and doing something <laughs> that video yep. hounds like me you wanted to see when I collected their DVDs and same thing with them. It's like, don't, I, I see Jet Li making cameos and unfortunately I just, I never dig it now. I'm just like, okay, but yeah, he has arthritis and he's probably heavily ADR'd. You know, he's just, mm. he was already right. looking his age in the expendables just, and he just selling the name at that point. So yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but 
yeah, did you ever get into Anthony Chow Zhang? He's kind of another one. He's the main bad guy, you know, mad dog and hard boiled. But yeah, I light up whenever that. I see him in any of uh, Johnny Toe's movies. And I'm just like, oh, see, they, there's just some people that they just speak it then and there and they're, they're dynamite. They're great. And uh, it's just yeah, it's a mixture he, of, of that training. It's, it's that, it's that training and that charisma. Yeah. Well, and just like you said, like how Juan Bio is so good in front of and behind the camera and just invaluable. I, I feel like Ringo Lamb and Johnny Toe, they get overshadowed, even though I find their plots even deeper. Like if you mm. see Vengeance from 2009, oh my God. I have not seen that one. You, uh, The poster looks like something out of Old Boy or something, but it's not that kind of movie. It's more of a just, uh, they're just so good at just showing their movies. I mean, you've seen them kind of already in some of Tarantino's work. Even mm-hmm. Ghost Dog kind of has a similar right. style thing on The Professional. But it's like these movies are just as good as, say, a Taken-type movie where it's just like you just come in, you instantly believe everything they've just said. And, and it's just, again, just out of this world the way they're shot. You're just like, oh, my God, how did they shoot that? I wish there's more special features. All I get is maybe a commentary with like a historian, but I want more. And, yeah. and you watch it on DVD or Blu-ray. And fortunately Showtime's been playing some of these, especially drug war. And it's like, thank you because you know, it's just someone needs to know about these guys and mm-hmm. better yep. way to know about them. And uh, more or less, it, it's just, it's interesting how twisted they can be and which ones just don't work. Like, Donnie Yen is practically invincible. If, <laughs> right. if whether or not you like 14 Blades or Kung Fu Jungle, like there's still something for them in there. And then there was like another one undercover movie that Yen did around that same time. And unfortunately, too much of it got cut out. So the uh, I think he had like a dis- dementia-ridden mother and other stuff that just was not well integrated, but you want to know more about these movies and see if there's an uncut version overseas you can find. That's how much they gain your attention, regardless of whether they entertain you or not. Yeah. It's crazy how that, how prevalent that still is different cuts for different territories. It's just mm-hmm. uh, a thousand percent. And like you say, it, it's just not, it can be easy to introduce some of these and there's others where it's like, yeah, well, it's just part of the culture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some things are lost in translation. And, of course, I mean, without getting too political, there's a lot of things that the Chinese government won't allow in their movies. Mm-hmm. So a lot of films won't even play over there. And sometimes they're talking to smack about America, and he's like, hey, we can handle satire. But, yeah, unfortunately, right. political stuff is just still rampant even before, you know, yeah, and that should not affect art. It shouldn't, but it should never. And it's like, yeah. uh, I can understand if there's just if it's a deleted scene and a producer stepped in and said, "I just it's not agreeable." Someone dies at the end, but then there's other ones like, "No, let the audience decide." And mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, when someone even years later, uh, when I was following the work, so I knew who Ringo Lamb was before. I realized other people kind of knew. It seemed like there was just only just small Hong Kong ones. I, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely adore La Ching Wan and Simon Yam. Those two, yeah. it was like, Simon, I think, is basically just a more charismatic, I don't know who I would compare him to. He's just one in it. Uh, one in a million just stands he's, out on his own terms. 
he's so awesome in full contact. Full contact and just also with Chow. And I don't even know why he hasn't gotten as much American stuff. Like as close as he got was the international production, like Tomb Raider two, and that was it. But like I, yeah. I see him pop up in Kill Zone and all these other just movies, and you just know he is just going to be dynamite. He's going to kill it. But I feel like watching one, he's like the Tom Hanks of Hong Kong. He just has he goes for the everyday role and only occasionally will play a cop. But like you see Full Alert, and Ringo Lam is practically doing his tribute to Heat, just oh, violent. Okay unstoppable crime gang and michael wong is interesting in that he's made some appearances but not too many and he's kind of he looks very similar he's just as mixed a celebrity as keanu reeves but the same kind of deal is like he's limited but he has charisma and yet Mm -hmm. people want to see him you know i shine anytime i see him make a cameo as a swat captain or yeah it's that x factor it's just that charisma that x factor it's just the movie can be whatever. I can't blame them for being part of the production. I know they're going to have a cool story about it 10 years later down the road. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, but yeah, I feel like watching one, he was kind of just their go-to if they couldn't afford or they didn't want Chow Yan fat is like same kind of deal is like, you see him playing opposite of Andy Lau and, uh, yeah, definitely, um, Oh, what's his name? He had like a giant sex scandal. It was one of those, someone had, videotape them but not oh yeah i can't remember that uh it'll come to me he's one of the guys in kill zone but um yeah it's like he played opposite of andy lau and donnie yen and all those kinds of guys it's like he's great and i see big bullet on part of my tiger cinema rental service and i'm like this is great (laughs) the whole ending is practically uh a diehard in an airport uh plane Mm -hmm. uh take down and it's like the way they do SWAT teams are great is there's others where it's like, even if the action doesn't stand out, it's, you must see it. It's like, and I, I have so many in my collection that just from the late nineties is like, how do you even pick a great Hong Kong film from 98 alone? There's just beast cops I mean, and all these other, that ones. was the end of the golden age, you know, late nineties. Yeah, just going After the handover yeah. back to China, they just, we don't get that type of movie. You know, we didn't get that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's such a shame. Totally. Even if it doesn't work, you, you just respect it. It's just like, and um, there's a few other ones that are pretty good. Uh, and there was even a bunch of great firefighter movies, uh, but, hmm. and I, I recommend all of them. Just totally see them all wherever <laughs> nice. you can. Yeah, I still have some big holes to fill. I got a few more I got to go back and watch. Okay. And it gets to that point where you're just like, I I, I am down. And fortunately, there are some cool third-person streaming sites you can find, third-party or not. It's like, yeah. so if you can't find them, now you can. I'm like, great, because you didn't always have that option. And It may be the only option now. So it might be, if, unless you want to fork over 40 bucks on eBay. <laughs> eBay is better about it than Amazon, I find. Um, yeah. And I have a portable DVD player at work, so I'm always watching some movie or show if I'm not, if I haven't downloaded something onto my Netflix. It's like, depends on my mood, and I'm not going to be bored. I'm going to catch up and watch something that I otherwise don't have time to watch during my regular off days. Nice, so. nice. I used to work third shift at a hotel, and that. That was what I did. I watched movies all night. It was amazing. You have to. And, and <laughs> it's tough explaining to your peers and folks. They think, oh, you're dicking around. I'm like, what? I'm not going to twiddle my thumbs. And I'm yeah. not 
going to just be seen texting. So I was like, I'm going to have something on. I'm going to have music playing on my Pandora. Uh-huh. Like it, kiss my ass. Just <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and it's it's great hearing Jackie Chan even uh, sing, and it it blows your mind when you realize, yeah, like Andy Lau and a bunch of those other guys played around with some <laughs> of that. It's like they have a very natural voice. Yeah. And when I saw, I think it was like the 2011 Olympics or something. Jackie Chan was singing there, and I was like, oh my god, he's got. Yeah, voice. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I mean, I see these other guys, Aaron Kwok kind of got shit at first because he was like a Hong Kong singer turned actor and it's like I have no problem with him I don't think he's bad at all I I think China Strike Force kind of had a schlocky plot but there's some good stunts in it by Jackie Chan's uh collaborator Stanley Tong oh yeah yeah like I said a good action will forgive a lot of problems I'll even take it over (laughs) American action when it's like, you know better. I I, know you can give me a better plot than this. I I can't remember the last, probably John Wick was the last American action film that I really liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, or I mean, if you, if you consider, I guess you would consider bond action casino Royale. I thought was very good. Yeah. I I probably shouldn't talk too much about bond because I think you have an upcoming show about bond don't you no it's fine (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean uh it's just because we always got that shaky cam that was like the american action motif for a while yeah i can handle in born and taken but then there's other ones like christopher nolan i can't see what's happening buddy (laughs) right yeah i guess great with mystery but you gave me a (laughs) yeah who's fighting who here what's going on yeah Everyone had rumors on why it happened. It's like, it was more just, they're kind of trying to do kind of what they were doing on cop shows, like NYPD Blue and everything, but then it's taken to the the max where it's no longer a steady cam. Now it's, they're following you and they don't know how to follow you. Right. And they'd rather use like, you know, cheap tricks than actually take the time to do the choreography. Uh, Netflix, I think, was another weird as ugly head. And I think they found out, it's like, okay, we're going to film quick and cheap. Mm-hmm. We cannot. We cannot. I'm sure there's plenty of other people who hate oh, yeah. their day job, even though they're being paid out the ass to correct dialogue and syncing. And it's like you notice it anyway. You just notice something is off. Yeah. I, I noticed. I was watching. I think Gunpowder Milkshake, and randomly it starts kind of. It's like I see blemishes on the screen randomly, and I'm just oh. like. That's something I would expect from a red camera when you don't correct everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. I backtracked. I'm like, nope, it's not my screen. It's not buffering or anything. It's something's up with the yeah. cut. I hate that. And this yeah. is 2021. And yeah, there's no excuse for that. <laughs> no. And they had all the money in the world. And I know it went somewhere. And I know Frank Grillo said that when he was doing some of those cheap movies with Bruce Willis, it was like some of these guys are using Ponzi schemes. They collect all the insurance money. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, their it's under about, the table it, money. It's, Tax shelters and things like that, yeah. And they know they're doing it, but they're not going to prosecute them unless there's like some other fraud or just something major they can't ignore. Yeah. Money laundering schemes. Who knows what's going on with those movies? (laughs) And I know people now are getting pissed off when they see a movie that's coming out and Isaac Florentine and Jesse V. Johnson are kind of like the action gods of video on demand now. But Mm -hmm. they they get annoyed when they see the shooting schedule. They're like, "Uh uh-oh, 14 days. That's not going to be good. <laughs> so movies can now die even easier. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, I wasn't surprised now that, you know, any movie that 
no one wants to digitally reproduce, but wants to show up for rent, you know, someone's going to buy it eventually. And Oh yeah. Put it on Amazon or what have you. Cause yeah, not everyone even wants to buy the physical media. Cause once you buy it, it's like, I have DVDs now and Blu-rays that I'm getting rid of by giving two friends. I just, uh, I would love yeah. to, if I had, uh, you know, room, but now I'm just like, yeah, I, I want to share the entertainment instead of telling you about it, how good it is. I want you to, I want to give it to you. So now you can't, you know, nice. make an excuse that you did not see it. Yeah, my co-host Dustin, he's a huge collector of, of Blu-ray and DVDs. He's, I mean, it's like going into it's his house, happen. it's like going you're into gonna a, see a good deal. store. Yeah, you're going to yeah. see it discounted. Uh, I, I had some fun, junky action and horror movies I saw that I, at gas stations that were like two or five bucks. And I was like, that's a deal. I, I can't. Yeah, you down. can't pass that up, no. But uh, I could just hand me down. Versus the Mummy, that was fun. That was a fun, low-budget <laughs> action horror movie that someone made with heart, and it had special features. And I paid two bucks for it. It was great. But nice. then there was other ones. Yeah, it's like there's some obscure action. It's like you know what? It might not have the cover or everything, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to. I'm going to get that. I'm going to have mm-hmm. fun with it. That's right. Uh, but yeah, there are some other ones where you're just like, oh, what's going on? Or and you got to even be on the lookout and see if someone modified it, you know? Yeah. Right. Fight. Yeah. Wrong aspect ratio or something like that. Oh God. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's also even more chaotic when uh, with Blu-rays, I had to see which ones are region free. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to buy an additional player to. Oh, so you haven't made that, that jump yet into a, I haven't yet, but I, but sometimes the region-free ones are even the better ones to get, even if they you usually... have to sacrifice a special feature. Like the TV show of 24 got a Blu-ray treatment, but it's region-free, and you have to order it from Japan. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's a big-ass difference. I saw a comparison. I'm like, oh, it's, it, has, <laughs> it does not look even that good on Amazon or Hulu. But like you oh, say, yeah. I mean, that, that was cool, too, because like there, there'd be some – uh, when I saw shows like that and Bruno notice, I saw how martial arts, it's kind of like martial art. It's like martial art was like the starting point of making it popular to feature martial arts on a TV show again. So I love too how there are mm. some shows out there that people regularly binge watch like Nikita or what have you. And it's like, they look forward to the ass kicking in addition to the awesome story. Right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't mean to. Oh, no, no, you're good. Uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, the region free, the uh, the foreign region thing. Yeah. yeah. So when my co-host Dustin, whenever a new version of a movie he loves comes out, he'll buy it. It doesn't matter. So I get the hand-me-downs, which, mm-hmm. or, or Michael gets them, the other host of Genre Exposure. Uh, right. And I love that. But a lot of them were like foreign regions, but movies I really like. So I'm like, well, damn it. I'll just go ahead and buy a, you know, all region Blu-ray player. So nice. I did it. So I could play all of Dustin's weird ass movies now. <laughs> do what you gotta do, man. Um, okay, so the guy who was scandal ridden was like someone got a sex tape of him or something. I don't know how they even acquired it. I don't know why anyone would care, but uh, uh, was yeah. uh, was Louis Koo. And look at his oh, IMDb and you'll be like, oh, I've seen him play a narc and everything, you know. And, and, yeah. And, and flashpoint with donnie yen he's like the partner who gets killed and you're just like no 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 you don't kill him <laughs> uh, but i love yeah, yeah. i love what he did in the white storm as well as 
the firefighter movie uh, Out of Inferno, which was even shown in Inferno. But yeah, my main intro to him was in was in Protege with him and Daniel Wu and Andy Lau. He only has like a brief part of it, but yeah, Daniel Wu, that was like kind of my intro to him. Uh, that in Black Mass. Now other people know him from stuff like Reminiscence and Into the Badlands, which I couldn't get into, but I love him. Oh, yeah. This and Man in the Iron Fist and Purple Storm and Overheard and even Geostorm and Tomb Raider. It's like, he's another underrated dude who can kick some serious ass. And right, yeah. when, I, when I see him in this, it's just like, man, Hong Kong, what it does really well is definitely stuff involving undercover work. Here you got Andy Lau as a drug dealer who's like, well, I'm not harming anyone. And then you got Daniel Wu as the narc who's just like, yeah, I'm just going to have to take you down even though I totally understand you and I understand that they just want to take you down just because you're making money on the side, not because you're hurting anyone. <laughs> criminal. Right. You're selling to violent criminals, but that's a whole different story. So <laughs> it is just interesting how uh, just – they can make some really deep movies that really stick in your mind. And it is like, sometimes you have to force yourself. It's like, I got to come back and revisit this. You know, this is mm-hmm. too good to not talk about. Oh yeah. Share with everybody. Sharing is caring. <laughs> That's right. There's some other ones that I'm really pretty surprised what they did a job. What good job on. Uh, they did a remake of cellular in a way called connected. I haven't heard of that. And it was pretty solid for what it was. And yeah. I love even when it doesn't take off, like uh, movies like unbeatable and invisible target do their own original kind of boxing and superhero stories. And it's great. Cause it's like, you, you like seeing them be so comfortable with what they're doing. Yeah. And it's like those, those low budget under the, the radar movies. Those are the most exciting ones right now. You know. And I don't even know how anyone gets a copy of them because, yes, Asia is just ridiculously expensive <laughs> getting the Blu-rays or they're out of stock all the time. So it's like, yeah, you got to hunt down, I find, on eBay. Or, I know. You so. think in this day and age, there'll be like the boutique labels need to get like to be like Netflix. They need to have an online presence. I should a thousand percent just go to freaking uh, Chinatown next time I'm in san francisco and just yeah right buy out of the nearest dvd store and say here i go <laughs> <laughs> yep spending 50 bucks not sure i'm gonna transport this back but here we go <laughs> oh man yeah um uh, do you have any other stars uh, just as a final kind of off that is like you think they don't get enough attention except in like uh, international work um no but i want to i do want to give a shout out to uh maggie chung, maggie chung I think who i always really liked she was the long-suffering oh. girlfriend may of of jackie chan's character in the police story movies yes <laughs> she did a lot of stunts that were pretty dangerous <laughs> and uh she got she hurt really bad one time what's that she, yeah she's also in in the mood of, for love and hero but yeah yeah she get uh, didn't she try taking up some kung fu? She did. She did some of it. Yeah, like she was in the heroic trio. That's that right. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah, and was offered a role as Lady Deathstrike in X Men Two. Yeah, that would have been interesting. 
but I've always liked her. She just, she was always such a trooper. Like she, she just, she took falls and she, you know, got right back up and she not being a trained martial Fox artist. It's pretty Jeremy impressive. Irons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she, she was always great. There's plenty of those other actors who you see in both Fist of Legend and Drunken Master too. Is like, they're always being comedic or henchmen or, you know, crazy mm-hmm. nephews or uncles. And they are fucking funny. I, even when I, well, one that doesn't get talked about enough is the Young and Dangerous uh, gangster movie series. So many of them. But if you can watch the first four and even part six, they'll be totally entertained. And, okay. Uh, yeah, and you can see why those filmmakers, who are also the cinematographers, later worked on Infernal Affairs and what have you, because it's like eh, they know how to do all kinds of to- tones within minutes. It's just one of those where it's just everyone's comfortable doing wherever it goes they love their characters they love glamorizing how they're all kind of criminals and everything <laughs> no, i'm getting a lot of good suggestions here i got a lot of stuff to watch <laughs> and it, it's not easy to just you know describe either and like you say the dvds are so out of print like you mm-hmm. go to even imdb and they got the photo of like the ticing like vhs and, like i'm not hunting down the vhs i want the dvd <laughs> <laughs> right it's oh. 50 bucks so hmm. Yeah, I am not nostalgic for VHS. <laughs> not, not, not the quality, anyway. The experience is sure. Unless that's like, the only one it's then, but yeah. even then, I'm still more likely to just obtain, like, a fan-made on-demand, like, transfer or... <laughs> right. Because eventually... I just gonna, my VCR, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch them, and then I'm going to... I do, too. I have one of those. Yeah. It's a part DVD, part... VHS player and is like, but even nice. then, yeah. eventually, I'm going to give this to someone else who I think is going to love it more than me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, I, I just, I don't cling on to it. I, I, I'm the courier, and there's other times where everyone's like, "What do I owe you?" I'm like, "I want you to enjoy it. Watch yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> pass it on. That's awesome. That's, what That's all be. I ask you to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not asking it to collect, you know, dust on your shelf. At least watch it within the next year, please. Yeah, or if you don't, you know, hand it off to somebody else. Please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with Eric Tsang? The name rings a bell. He's the other guy in just like a bunch of those movies, and he's always being a smart ass. Carolina Lau is another one who's pretty awesome. Okay, uh, cool. Uh, but yeah, Tsang, I think apparently, I guess he was a perv or something, but um, oh, well. uh, but he's just so fucking funny. And I see other people said, oh, I don't find him funny. I'm like, I don't know, I agree to disagree, but yeah, Jackie Chong. <laughs> Some of those other guys who were like in the Once Upon a Time in China ones that they made without Jet Li were pretty good. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. all pretty awesome. But yeah, Maggie Chiang was also in Ashes of Time and uh, uh, Twin Dragons. So yeah, she does a lot of Hong oh, Kong yeah. long like period piece movies, and then like you say, gets tossed around. But, Project A two, one of my favorites. She was in that one. Uh, and see. Project A one and two both blend together for me, but I don't mean that in a bad way. Like they are. No, I mean, they're both it's awesome. Just, you know? I can't pick which one I like better. I like the Armor of God movies, also known as yeah. What are they called? Um, Eastern Condor. I think they that's over what, here. Yeah, just yeah. outrageous names overseas, and yeah, mm. it was just uh, there's plenty of Jackie Chan winners, and again, yeah, they were all the time on like USA Network and Spike, oh, yeah. and yep. Uh, there was another one that played him a lot. Um, wasn't fx that's yeah so it's like yeah yeah. it wasn't and it's like uh, best of all worlds is like they had all these access and 
half the time everyone would be like, oh, these are newer ones. It's like, no, they were made within the 90s, early 2000s. They were. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. <laughs> and even the ones that kind of are annoying on first run through still stick out to you just because the stunts are just so good. And yeah, I, I even, it, it gives Super Cop 2 some time. You really like the where the story goes with Michelle Yao's continual undercover and everything. Mm-hmm. She yep. even did the dubbing for the American releases, just like Jackie. So it's like, yeah, I, I love seeing their pride in that. I we did a Highlander episode recently, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna re rewatch Endgame because I think that I always found that to be an underrated role for Donnie Yen, despite them cutting his role up to shit. Like, I loved his character and everything, and I think. That and Rogue One are just more influential than any of his other American appearances I've seen him in. <laughs> yeah. He was one of the best things about Rogue One for sure. Oh, that's just it. Rogue One's a like it or hate it. But it's like, it is interesting how it's like, hey, there's just so many other just movies he appeared in. It's like, yeah, but there's just nothing to his character. And I think he even he kind of knows because he kind of just shrugs it off, which is a shame because mm-hmm. you like to think that with talented people, you can cut together a pretty well done action movie. And unfortunately, sometimes I get stuff that's the equivalent of kind of like Cradle to the Grave. It's like you had all these cool rappers and martial arts stars and you just got a junky movie with yeah. crappy editing and stuff that just, even the trailer made look way better. And it's like, nah. Yep. I was looking forward to this only for it to be like, ah, sucked. <laughs> it happens. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Uh, there's plenty of them on Prime there if you want to find some other apps there are plenty that you can download from your app store that basically they just allow you to watch cable TV it's like you're getting bootleg it's kind of like Pluto it's like all this stuff that's on demand you can watch and stream wherever so I have I have found some good ones on there I found a really good one with Andy Lau uh, Firestorm. I was like, ah, I'm so glad to finally see that. All uncut, uninterrupted. Didn't have to worry about how expensive the Blu-ray uh, was nice. or anything. I like, just watched it all then and there, uninterrupted, and it was dynamite. Some of them do have ads, but they're pretty minuscule compared to, you know, pay free extra bucks to get them omitted oh, from yeah. Hulu. I'll put up with a few ads. It's not too big a deal. <laughs> I'll put up with ads, but with Hulu, I found out uh, I like when I was doing NYPD Blue and Stargate, I was like, yeah, I'm t- it's not that the ad is bad, even though some of them are bad. It's that I have to see it every commercial break, and it's yeah. driving me insane. So also I, adds to that runtime. It's more time you have to you know take to watch something. It really does, and it's like, and sometimes you don't find out halfway through. I'm not enjoying this episode. I'm gonna go on to the next one, and uh, some of them really did get fudged over because, like I mentioned, Nikita and some of those other ones is like they just keep adding them, and then it's like once you want to get into them, they're gone and We'll be gone on the 30th. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't have time to watch everything. No. It's got set five to seven seasons. No. <laughs> yep. uh, and there's other ones where you just got to kind of just go through. Is like, And uh, I think that was the, my only issue with Lewis Koo is like he did have some that were sounded interesting, sounded like a cool hard-boiled infernal affairs thing, but were kind of dull because they were too busy trying to be kind of like a born identity or J- modern-day James Bond movie. But uh, they were compiled from like a TV show of the same name that aired. So that made it even more confusing because okay. they're inevitably going to be some subplot that doesn't make complete sense. Yeah, it won't come, it won't come together. You won't, you know. And some shows you can do that with. I know 
Britain has done that with NCIS where they take oh, really? the best parts of every season and make up that's a movie. And I'm like, wow, I thought huh. us American hacks were the ones who did that, where we took syndicated TV shows and edited it together <laughs> like three different two hour movies. And they're like, no, nope, they do it too. And everyone does it. <laughs> it's even funnier what uh, Japanese voiceover artists will dub some of our popular movies and shows, but they also dub stuff like the Simpsons. I'm like, wow. I can't even imagine. That is cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, especially if you watch more Jet Li's movies, you're going to really like some of his, and Chow Yun-Fat's movies, you're going to, and Michelle Yeoh and Donnie and obviously, if you watch any of them, you're going to become attached to a lot of their co-stars because a lot of them, they work with a lot of the same people, but oh, yeah. not in a up. bad way. It's just, that's just they just so happened to land on that production. It wasn't like a Planet Hollywood production where now it's become a totally different thing. It's like, right. they're all working in, you know, the oppressive, you know, China mainland. And they some some dubs I don't mind. Some of the Sony dubs are pretty good, but there's some other ones where it's like, oh, they fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, it depends. I usually prefer music. subs, but yeah. Uh, Meltdown doesn't matter which version of that I watch. It's still a fun Jet Li diehard knockoff movie, <laughs> and with and it's just so funny how the producer and Jackie Chan didn't get along. So as revenge is like, okay, that's kind of a dick move, but it is kind of funny featuring what if you had Jackie Chan as a co-star and he was, you know, the hero. The one of the heroes is a stuntman actor who has to save the day <laughs> with stressed out cop Jet Li and. It doesn't matter if you're watching the uncut version versus the recut version for Sony with the rap music. It's like, eh, it's just fun either way. But there's okay. other ones it's like, yeah, I've heard about that version. I will never watch that version. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will yeah. only watch the uncut version because I know they're going to cut out all these jokes. Right. But yeah, Simon Yan and Maggie Chion are often just like the parents or like some kind of authority figure who just puts everyone in their place. And then, yeah, all these other guys are often just... They just come into the fold. There's this one morbidly obese guy who I just always guffaw, and I think he's in Drunken Master too, and I, I can never remember his name, but when he shows up as like a narc or a SWAT team captain or a politician, I was like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> just, I, yeah. You do you, dude, and, <laughs> and you're just showing up for comic relief. It's kind of a shame that they got to make fun of your figure, but yeah, you're a trooper. Thanks. You're getting through it. You kind of had the last word by at least bitch slapping Jackie in the face or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people get to do that. Right. Something like that. Um, and yeah, hopefully as I find a lot of superhero movies this day and age, pretty overrated, but there are some that were good and I did enjoy song Chi. And I, I really do hope that everyone goes back and checks out Tony Long's earlier work. Mm -hmm. Right. But I just hate it when they just some of them just show up and it's like, I know everything. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows everything. And we're not doing this for bragging rights. I'm just like, you, you, know, you haven't even remotely just touched even the scrape of that. <laughs> yeah, there's so much. And it's the same thing with Antonio Banderas. It's like, I, I, I reserve the right to say I am a hardcore fan because this last three years, I went through all of his you know, Spanish cinema. It was great. Oh, yeah. Cool. Nice. And I had seen some of it here and there, but not all of it. And mostly it was international ones. He even appears in this one uh, Russian movie that could probably be best described as kind of an Ocean's Eleven, uh, Now You See Me kind of heist movie. It's really entertaining. I saw it on Showtime and he did, he, he redubbed his character as well. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, cool. Uh, and I, it's from like 2018. It's really cool. But yeah, 
there there were those other movies where it's like yeah i mean they're fun but they're not you know great and there's other ones where it's like yeah this is a payday but it, it i really i get even more awkward how sometimes they will still do the dubbing for something like the raid or a donnie Yen movie and it's just awful they're just not even trying some of it is yeah. they're just trying to, that's just in the budget and other times it's like somehow they just seem to think we have to be deliberately bad it's like no 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 and now you're doing the sharknado thing of where it's like, yeah, they, they think americans can't read or something too evil they don't dead just read subtitles right evil dead was awesome because it went for it it wasn't because it was trying to be bad yeah some of it is bad and that's part of the appeal but don't do that whole oh we're intentionally sucking it's like now no, i hate those i hate those movies you, you can't make intentional camp you know you it, really has to can. it has to happen naturally you can be you can pull a michael bay and not give a shit or be like roland emmerich or jim winorski where you just don't care but <laughs> or you're oblivious to how full of yourself you are but don't do the whole yeah like you say it's intentionally bad and it's like that's just it it's like that's just how they were playing it. They, they were dubbing it onto film. And so you're trying to recapture Shaw Brothers. I'm like, it's got to be something like Black Dynamite where you're just in on the joke. <laughs> right. And yeah, you, right. A satire. You have yeah, enough parody. people who grew up watching antenna channels and they can repeat it word for word. They probably still got their VHS tapes of it and they can mm-hmm. yep. totally replicate that. And hopefully with other movies like Dolomite, there's even you know, people rediscovering, you know, black exploitation too. So I, there's definitely a lot of people who will gladly pay pounds for all these remastered Blu-rays, but it sucks too how some of them, they're still just the Dimension Films or Sony release. You can, it's it's going to yeah. be a while. If you want to find an uncut Blu-ray, it still might not have certain subtitles. It's like, I think that I saw, finally found one of Drunken Master 2 and it was like, okay, it's fine. I'll go with the Dimension Films version, but it sucks that, you is like you can find live streamings of it of the uncut version but not uh certain copies uh it's like sometimes for whatever, there's very few it's just like a change in foley and like only a few cuts but it's pretty much the same damn movie but there's other ones you don't have that luxury so it's mm-hmm. like right what do you do other than go back to your old dvd yeah from a hong kong store that was uncut <laughs> yep. with uh questionable subtitles <laughs> questionable subtitles that made you wonder really is that what they said i don't think that's what they said. i think it's a cultural joke you're misinterpreting yeah right but yeah no this has been great having you on here i, I can't uh so other than michael wong's movies guys i know it's a drag but check out all his stuff you'll be so glad you did he has this one mm-hmm. great movie where this guy is like think of point break meets broken arrow Oh. it's like from 97 i'll look up the name of it but it's so awesome because the lead plays a narc who becomes again close and then uh, michael wong plays against type he's usually the swat team guy who's again just does keanu reeves type stuff like whoa and in this one he gets to play against type playing a bad guy playing a freedom fighting terrorist oh cool who's stealing some nukes and you know then it's just a non-stop they're got an out control truck and they're just doing kung fu inside the truck well it's about to you know fall into the ocean is like it's it's just great <laughs> it's, it's so good and uh, it seems like some people it seems like it's just bound to martial arts like it's kind of a best of the best thing <laughs> unless mm-hmm. you're at a kung fu school a lot of people don't go out of their way to see all their movies and 
there's still a bunch of Michael Wong movies. He did one with Shannon Lee called, you know, Daughter of Bruce called Enter the Eagles that I saw twice, which was a lot of fun. But yeah, he was kind of kind of like uh, martial law. It seems like some people only know him from like a three-person arc on John Woo's TV show version of Once a Thief. But yeah, oh, this, right. other, yeah. this other movie I mentioned, it's called uh, Theft Under the Sun. And again, it's just at what I find with a lot of these... Uh, uh, Hong Kong films—they're—they're they're so worth getting, even if they're region-free. <laughs> he started nice. some fun supernatural movies where basically he's just you know fighting an evil spirit, or kind of like a Hong Kong horror version of the of of the Hidden at times. And it's like that, those are fun movies. <laughs> and Rare Lust has been a help. They've been able to get a, a lot of them in there, and uh, it helps that he started some of those Tiger Cage movies with Donnie. And so it's like okay. So if you haven't seen in the line of duty four with him and Michelle Yeoh, it's like, eh, don't don't worry, you'll have your chance. You'll you'll see him eventually. <laughs> right. I doubt anyone remembers him from this one Patrick Swayze movie or Transformers Four. You know, it's like those are just <laughs> such brief moments. I don't. I saw the episode of Nash versus he was on, and I don't even remember it. So it's like, and it's a key episode. I remember the rest of the episode. I don't remember him. So it's like. It, and I remember him and all this other stuff that is just too awesome and no one's seen it. And so I just have to keep saying, okay, I'm going to slowly introduce to some of these different movies. If I haven't already shown you an awesome Brazilian crime movie or a hostage thriller or a horror film from South Korea. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. I got, I got a lot to check out here. I got a lot of homework to do. This is oh, awesome. Totally. <laughs> so uh, Jason, uh, what will you be reviewing next on genre exposure? I, I know you kind of set, you're doing a lot of horror movies now and you've done yeah some we uh, yeah we do a lot of different things right now we're trying a format of where we do like a theme block every month so right now we're wrapping up westerns uh silverado just dropped sweet and yeah it's a fun movie it's a great one and uh I'll t- the next one that's coming out for us is um a western that i picked I actually Grimstone. just at the start of our recording <laughs> it's like, yeah. like here's an episode i need to hear your take on <laughs> yeah yeah so check it out check it out so this has been so great and just one hell of a day yeah, thanks for having me appreciate it <laughs> so i hope i did not wear you out <laughs> no not at all i could talk movies all night i'm the same way here and i try to divide it up sometimes i end up going it accidentally into the other recording I'm like oh shit we gotta wrap up in 10 minutes but we just <laughs> sprung a new leash all right all right. Well, you be safe out there and keep recommending some entertainment that people can access. <laughs> Will do, man. You take it easy. You know it. We'll return after these messages. JURS Podcast is proud to promote AutoCorrect, an independent film company with experienced industry professionals who can serve all your film industry needs. They include self-tapes, voice actor recordings, demo reel editing, script revisions, headshots, and much more. They're actor correct at your request. Book them on Instagram. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! 
as needed and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema Psyops is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Dude, Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Greetings, friends. My name is Dean Legero, and I'm the host of the 3324 Podcast. I invite you to join me and my lifelong friend Eric Kuber to come with us as we discuss the music and movies that shaped our life. Each week, we'll pick an album or film that we really connect to and not only give you some great info and trivia, but also discuss, debate, and celebrate what it means to us and the journey it took us on. We also look forward to hearing from you and giving us some of your picks for us to check out and discuss. I think it'll be a really fun experience, so come along with us for the ride. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider, and at 3324.buzzsprout.com. Thanks for your time, and welcome to the 3324 family. We love your movies. We love the bad ones too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one last plot holes of gratuitous boobies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy. At eilfm.podbean.com.
follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.